Hey everybody, what is going on? My name is Eric McGrew with Elevated Office Podcast. Also, of course, I'm bringing you this podcast with the help of Weaver Arborist and Gap Arborist Supply. Definitely go by and check those companies out. Um, you can find Weaver Arborist gear at GapArboristSupply.com or at WeaverArborist.com. And of course, Gap Arborist Supply is my preferred supply house and even though I am sponsored by them, uh, it became apparent that they were different from the other companies I had used. And because of that, they chose to sponsor me later on. So it's all very organic in the matter of how I've been selected and became part of the team. And I'm super stoked to do so and to represent them in that way. They've always treated me super fair. And they have extremely fast shipping and great prices and they're super knowledgeable they also do in-house splicing so they can build custom things for you. And it's really, really cool to work with a company that has that kind of mindset. They're not gimmicky at all. We we don't like that in, at Gap Arbor Supply. What we like is solid quality, good treatment, and helping climbers get the gear that they need at a price that's reasonable. So with all that being said, um, we're going to move forward today. And we're going to talk a little bit about something that um, actually... I'm going to talk in the future more about with somebody, but yesterday I had some interesting conversations with a few people and, um, it's, it's interesting how some of us in the industry are getting to the point where we see the, how to say it, the progression and rapid growth of climbers in the climbing industry being heavily influenced by the over-the-top work. I hate to, maybe not over-the-top, but like the the attention-grabbing work that people are putting on um, in YouTube and Instagram and all the social media stuffs. And to be fair, it's not that the work that guys are doing is particularly wrong, that's that's not the point. Um, but it's that the work that's being done often is like over complex and or maybe a um, bit more dangerous at times than it needs to be. Or it, it heavily focuses on this like one piece of gear that does have its place it has its purpose it's, it has its benefits but maybe not to the level that they try to promote it as and and let's be fair um i work in marketing i mean that's how this podcast comes out and how i got sponsored for it and i you know i work with marketing for weaver and gap both um i'm a consultant to them on that and i work with um, i'm working with a couple other companies that we are uh looking at some marketing plans and things. And I have, uh, worked on research and development for, I don't know, six or seven companies for different little projects. And what's interesting is, is that there's always this like effort to make something better. Right. And, and let's, let's put better in air quotes here. Um, because it, it has a, quote unquote, a flaw in it. And, and sometimes the flaws are, are legit. 
um, let's say something doesn't last as long as the company would like, or some people that, you know, you guys as clients or customers buy these products and, and you're like, well, based on the quality of everything else, I expected this one feature to last longer than a year or six months or three months or, or whatever. So that makes, that makes legitimate, you know, reason for improving that aspect, that component of, of whatever it might be. On the other hand, though, sometimes um, because business is business and products come about oftentimes to fulfill a, a, a need or create a solution to a, a problem that technically does exist but isn't really that much of a problem but it's a way to get a new product out in the market. Um, sometimes people latch on to that and they can start to like create situations to use these products. I, I would say as a innovator and as a marketer, most products do actually have a need and they fit that need um, when they're developed well. However, most products are going to be way less needed for the average person and in average circumstances than sometimes is promoted. And this is going to sound really weird coming from me because that's what I do. I promote and I, I, I market and I do. But you guys also know me. I, I'm going to tell you the truth. And so there's a difference between feeling like you need something because it you've been told you need it and then needing something because you really need it. Right. That's a difference. Or because, Hey, we're, we're gearheads. We're, we're tech guys. We, we get hyped on, on new products and, and we just want to buy them. And all of that is, is important to keep in mind when we're talking about this stuff, because if you want it, because you're just like into gear and you want to experience new things and you want to use it in different ways and you want to, play around with configurations. There's nothing wrong with that. And I don't mean to come on here and tell you that there is. If you're using it because you have a very specific need for it. Um, well, let's, I'll just give one example. Me and Ryan, um, I think his last name is Pharaoh. I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. It's F E R R O. We're talking yesterday and, um, we were just talking about how sometimes social media and stuff and, and me and him are hopefully going to get on a podcast together and go over this more. But we, we talk about how, like, there's all these complex setups out there for rigging, for instance. I mean, for climbing to, you, you name it, equipment, like chipper setups. All It can be anything, right? There's, there's all these complex setups and all these people are like, like, this guy or this woman has built this system of some sort and developed a system of some sort. And it's like, ooh, that's awesome. And they promote, you know, they, they're showing it online and in social media and everything. And then everybody kind of like jumps on this bandwagon. Like there's this awesome setup. Um, and to be fair, once again, because I, I want to be very transparent with this, there are times when like complex setups are needed. Um, Patrick Fitch just posted a, a video on Instagram. Um, I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Uh, today is, I don't even know what today is. Today is December 16th, Friday. 
So um, he posted a – that's 2022, by the way. Um, he posted a video of him using um, a floating system, like a, a Reeves kind of system, um, to – well, it wasn't a Reeves system because it didn't have all the ropes and pulleys. But it was a, a – a, um, I, I can't even remember what I'm trying to – call it but it was a floating system because they had no drop zone they had to create a drop zone when the branches and pieces of wood came off they had to float it over and then lower it because there was literally no place to put it that's one thing but what we find sometimes um, me and ryan were talking about this and me and levi woodall yesterday were talking about this as well um when i had a conversation with him so levi woodall is trevi on instagram ryan farrow is um Dude Pharaoh, I think, on Instagram. And then Patrick Fitch, who I've mentioned, is um, going to be tie-dyed climber on Instagram as well. Um, you'll see in these situations, and in even some of my videos, situations where we use a little bit more complex tagline, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, floating system, pulley, trolley, whatever. And there are needs for that in, in certain cases. Um, bringing in cranes, for instance, for crane work is needed in some situations. It seems to be, though, that there is a trend that it's, like, become media frenzy and hype and viral efforts on social media that they, like... Uh, some of these jobs, I, I see people bring in a crane and they do this job with a crane and I'm like... It's a little bit overkill. Um, so I'm not going to talk about where I think crane work or the system should play. That's up to each individual person. I, I'm not going to get into that. Um, if you think it's faster, that's one thing. If you think it's safer, that's one thing. And to be completely fair, once again, um, I'm putting a lot of disclaimers in here because this is a very sensitive topic in some cases. Um when you're not in the tree and you don't really, you're not on site, you're just looking through a video. Sometimes videos can make things seem less complex than they are or more complex than they are. So it could be that you look at a video and you're like, I can't believe they use a crane. Or you could look at a video and say, I don't know why they're using an English reef system or a, a trolley system or a whatever. And um, it could literally justify it. But at other times, it seems that guys on a regular basis are using these, well, I shouldn't say guys, people that are in the climbing industry are using these systems. And it's like so frequent, it makes me doubt, like, are they really doing work that's that complex, right? Um, and if if not, then is it just for video entertainment purposes? And there's nothing wrong with entertainment. The challenge, of course, with all of this is, people who are watching it start to feel like they are going to be cool if they do it or that they need to do it. And then we have all these super complex systems being put into place when a single rigging point or a single tie-in point and just, I don't know, using your arms and legs to get out there and your lanyard is way more efficient time-wise. Um, and and I've, I struggle with this a little bit in my own life um, because I am not as energetic as some people, um, and I've never been that guy. Uh, I do a lot of activities, of course, but I've just always struggled a little bit more than some. And it, it's like 
if I can find an easier way to save energy and still do it, I'll look for that, but not at the cost of excessive time loss or, um, you know, of, of course there's the whole money fi- factor as well. And I guess that's kind of where I'm going with all this is that if you want to do it, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I, I If you want to play around, I think that you should get some experience with different like scenarios and you should learn how to build systems in your head that work so that you can make sure that if uh, you get out on a site and something like becomes very apparent that you can't do this the basic and traditional way, that um, you have a system that you can rely on to get it done safely. Uh, so that's that's true, but at the same time, like, you know, some of the components that are needed for like, I don't know, a, a Reeves can be upward of a thousand dollars for one component plus the other pulleys you need. And it just becomes a, you know, a trolley uh, from DMM or, or Rock Exotica. Either one is going to be upward of 500 bucks closer to the thousand dollar range. And then you've got your ropes that you need and then you're going to need pulleys on each end and then you're going to need various carabiner i mean you could easily build a system that's you know upward of 23 2500 just to float a couple of pieces of wood across and take hours to put into place and there are times and and i've used these like when i was doing work up in the mountains in ure and it's super steep terrain there's no safe drop zone because if we drop it it's going to fall and either catch between other trees or roll down and hit like in the city parks um or state parks uh like handrails and whatnot could cause damage or whatnot you know you don't what you do is you just sit there and you, you figure out okay can we reasonably set up one system that will reach all these trees and or two multiple trees in one go and float it down to the parking lot and actually be faster you know and in some cases, totally it's worth it. And I mean, I've set up some systems that were super expensive um, with all the gear, probably $4,500 involved. But it was a very specific need. Um, as a general rule, that's not what I do. And um, so I sit here and I, I think about it and we were analyzing it and talking about it. And it's like a, a simple snap cut often is going to be like, especially a side snap. So if you're like out on a branch, if you just got out there 10 more foot, you, you made a a simple side snap cut and chunked it off by hand. You could have control and those two cuts. Yeah. They take time, but the complexity of not only setting up certain systems and then your guys on the ground trying to manage those systems and the ropes. And sometimes it's just really, faster and and sometimes the way to um of course the old saying is fat you know slow is fast or smooth is fast and sometimes that's the case sometimes it is true that doing more of a motion is faster sometimes less of a motion is faster with the right setup uh sometimes more complex is faster but oftentimes simpler is better and it just becomes better in so many ways. Uh, when you when you build systems that are super complex, right? Uh, you you find that it becomes you're magnifying and compounding the potential risks of things going wrong. Anytime you add in a mechanical device, 
there's a potential for that device to fail or cause a problem of some sort. Um, when you add in more ropes, then you create a situation where you have potential for someone to get caught in the ropes, something to happen to those ropes. Um, just this, the, the slow process of one guy managing multiple ropes, or now you have to have two people and that means somebody's not doing something else, which slows down a different part of the process. And I've had a few people comment about some of my videos, why so many ropes in the tree? And that's a lack of context in the jobs. Oftentimes when I have so many ropes in the trees, it's for one of three reasons. One, um, it's in tight quarters and we're using a tagline and we know that we'll need it again. So it lives there because it's faster to leave it than to put it back in later. Two, I might have multiple climbers in the tree at one point, And when it gets to rigging, one of the climbers gets out of the tree and becomes the um, rope handler uh, in that moment when we actually need rigging. So therefore his rope is set, but he's not in the tree. Or three, um, it may just simply be I'm training and I got on the ground to do something and take a video, but my rope is sitting there and now it looks like there's an extra rope just lying around when it's actually mine and I'm training and I was in the tree with them to watch them and, and guide them and now I'm not. So that's how it works with me and that's why sometimes you'll see multiple um, ropes. Well, there's a fourth reason too. Um, I I have found that for me and my style of climbing, while I can scurry through canopies, especially these big, oh, I mean, um, big cottonwood and elm canopies that we have here, some of the bigger maples, the willow trees that we have here, some of them are, you know, an 80 foot canopy, almost, um, 70 something foot and they're close to a hundred foot tall. Uh, and then by the time I get around that canopy for me is way slower than just having three ropes set in various quadrants or, you know, I guess what, what, what would that be? Not a quadrant because there's not four. There's only three. I, I don't know what that word is. Huh. I'll have to get into the dictionary and look up what that means. I never thought about that before. But, you know, there. I'm sorry. I, I went off on a tangent there. But it might be in three different locations. Um, and I just have a rope set so that I can just, you know, go over on the rope I'm on, hook onto a different rope, and keep moving. And I make sure... One, for me, it's safety. I, I know that my rope is always going to reach the ground in the fact of an emergency because now that rope only has to meet the demands of that one pie-shaped area of, of the three. And two, I, to, to make one rope do it, which you can, and do a bunch of redirects and stuff like that, um, you have to go back and get all those redirects first off. Second off, you have to make sure that your rope's long enough. And if you're doing that, that means you're pulling tons of tail of rope. And um, some of these trees, for me to make one rope work, which I could, I'd have to have a, like a 350-foot rope. And that's a lot of tail to be pulling. So I just, there there are reasons and there are moments to do that, which is why I also have multiple ropes and trees often and then. I usually leave them in case I find something that I wanted to change later. And then at the end, at the very end of the job, we, we pull all of the, um, climbing ropes. So, you know, I could easily in a large canopy tree have three ropes in the canopy that are climbing ropes. And 
have a rigging rope that I just keep moving around with me as I'm taking out big dead branches that, you know, I, I want to lower in a, uh, specific fashion. Um, so, you know, some people say that's, that's just complex. You don't need to do that. And, and that's where I was saying earlier on, we need to kind of figure out for ourselves what is truly complex or not. Um, Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. I have seen guys use systems on online and then been like, hmm, that's cool. Let me try that. And I'll go try it when I don't need it just to kind of get a basic understanding and feel for it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't make it a habit to use it like every time. And I'm definitely not going to try to like use it all the time and, and shoot videos and promote it like a system that needs to be needs to be used all the time. So I guess that's kind of where it gets a little bit hard to to talk about this because I'm not trying to tell you what to do by any means. I I am encouraging that we all kind of sit back and look at systems and say, hey, how complex is my system? Is it really that needed? And, and me and Ryan, I really hope I can get Ryan on. I think it's going to be after January of 2023 that he'll be able to come on and we're going to talk about that. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, these systems that we're seeing, what we think about some of the stuff that's going on in the industry. Um in the meantime though, you know, the winter time for a lot of us is a slower period of time. Um I wish it was for me right now. It's not really, but oftentimes it is and it's a good opportunity for us to to sit back kind of like reanalyze how we're doing some stuff. Is it really needed? Are we really benefiting our companies and um, our crews? Or are we just kind of like com complicating stuff? Uh, and then sit back and be like, are we really faster because of it? Or are we not? It, was the money invested really worth it or not? Um. And and once again, some of it's just preference, right? It, it's just preference. Me and Levi Woodall had a long conversation yesterday about um, not only this topic, but also climbing. And we were just talking about, like, we know guys who absolutely refuse to climb on the Rope Runner Pro. Okay, that's fine. Um, it, then I know guys like Levi himself does not like the Akimbo. Okay. Um, and... Then I myself am not a huge fan of Prusiks. Um, it, it's not that I dislike them, and, and I'm not. So I'm not going to explain their reasons. I'm not going to get into their preferences on equipment. But for me, with um, Prusiks and Hitchcord, I kind of find it to be like haircuts for me. 
you know, you get a haircut, it's a little too short and it looks a little too fresh and, and maybe you don't like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not super stoked on that. And then a couple of days it wears in and you're like, yeah, my hair looks like pretty much like I want it to be right now. And then like two days later or a week later, you're like, it's too long again. It needs to be cut. But if I cut it, it's going to look too new again and not, you know, too fresh and, and not what I like. I kind of feel like that's how my experience with hitch cord is. Um, hitch cord, you know, and, and hitches, you, I get a new cord. I set up a, a new line with a hitch on it and like I have to break it in and it, it wears into a sweet spot where it's like not too supple. It's not too hard. It's like just right. The cord hasn't burned, you know, it, it's, it whatever. And then like it lasts for a week or two. And then I, I'm on to like, it's too sloppy. It, it's not what I like. It, it doesn't grab quite as nice as I want and whatever. And, um, it's a preference thing. That's literally it. So is it wrong that I would rather climb on a mechanical? No, it's not. Is it wrong that somebody doesn't want to use the akimbo? I know a couple of guys who just don't like them. No, it's not. Is it wrong that somebody wants to climb on like the hitchhiker that is a mechanical with the prusik, kind of like the rope wrench would be or whatever? Um, no, it's not. It's just preference. And then that's why each one of these devices exists, right? It, it's because, like, the hitch cord was around and, and, and ropes and all that were around um, for, like, Blake's hitch or a dot line way before a lot of this other stuff. And yet somebody developed something else. Why? Because it just was different and they wanted a different experience. And, and so that's fine. And And when we go back to, like, the rigging and all that stuff and, and climbing systems in general, like how complex they get. If that's what you like to do and you just want to do it because you want to do it, that's fine. Um, what I do recommend is that we all, all of us sit back and analyze ourselves a little bit from time to time, reevaluate and say like, why am I doing this? Is it because I really want to, or is it because I thought it was cool because so-and-so did it. And it seems that in social media, especially these days, um, it is weird that people are becoming like kind of famous in this little niche world of a border culture. And, um, they get followed like the way that they do things become the way that other people do things. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, it. I mean, that's what a trainer does, but, um, but why? Like, hopefully a trainer is teaching you a way because it's the safe way and it's an efficient way. And he's opening and broadening your perspectives and saying this is something you can use, but not that you have to use it all the time or whatever. But seems like when it comes to those who are kind of famous in the industry, um, people latch on to what they're doing and then it becomes like the way of doing something. And this gets way deeper, like way deeper. So I don't want to because I, I promised to talk to, to these guys on the show about it in the future. And I think that we really should. I think that there's a lot to this and it gets pretty deep, pretty quick. And I, I, you know, some people are naturally analytical in life and some people don't think about certain topics until it's brought up overtly. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those kind of people. That's just who they are naturally. Um, 
so I think that's why it's important that we talk about these topics and we will more. I, I do think though that now as as work slows down at least a little bit for a lot of people, it's a good time to kind of look back. If you have videos, if you have photos or, or just use your memory and look back and think about like what systems have you used over the past you know year or two? What was the purpose? What drove you to use that system? And was it really um, the system that you needed or was it just one that you thought you should be using because of something you saw or, you know, what, what was the purpose? And I think that that would kind of help us all become a little bit more efficient in some ways because we might be like, well, you know, if I just train my guys to do this a a little bit more old school, like just hand chuck certain things. There, there's this job and the other job. We could have just hand chucked that. It would have been faster. It would have been safe enough, or whatever. Or like I know that humans in general, and I'm I'm subject to it too. We get stuck in in ruts, and sometimes I have to stop myself um, and really force myself to think outside of the current box I'm in. So like, let's say we're rigging a tree off over a roof or a porch or a patio or whatever. And because the rigging line's set up and we have been like rigging, you know, 30 pieces of, of tree with this system, I'll look down and I'll be like, wait, um, we're not even near the patio anymore or the roof line. I could just chuck this. And my mind was stuck in rigging. I'm waiting on the rigging line. I'm waiting on the, why? Because that's what the, that's what the repetition had you know, the muscle memory in the brain thought had been, let's just do it that way. And that's what makes us more efficient, more progressive and better climbers, honestly, um, when we can shift in process, like go from super complex rigging for the parts that need to be rigged and then go to like faster, easier motions like cutting and chucking when we get to that point instead of being stuck in that routine of we need to speed line or we need to um, rig everything or whatever like speed lining can be great but at some point it may be that we don't need to speed line anymore at some point like one side of the tree might be over something we need a speed line the other side of the tree it may be faster to cut and chuck straight to the ground and have the um, guys drag or have a, you know, a mini skid or whatever, come in and grapple and take. Um, but we have to, we have to be willing and have the ability to shift that mindset as we're going through. So I don't know if this, um, helps you guys at all. I hope it does. I, I know that it's, um, it, it's really a deep topic and, and, I want to get into it more. I did think that I wanted to talk about a little bit of the basics of it. Uh, get you guys thinking about it a little bit. I'd like to know, have you guys been using a system that you think is over complex? And now you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't use it. Um, I do know that in the past I've tried to rush and simplify things that have caused me problems as well. So there's always that balance. I've, I've tried to cut and chuck and, and found that, you could do it, but the effort of actually like trying to hit the target was harder or not as safe as we thought it would be or whatnot. So there's also the reverse side of this. Um, we can be trying to get something done faster and easier, and then it 
really look at it and be like, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. I need something more complex. But um, so it's it, we're imperfect people, right? None of us are going to make the perfect decision. Experience teaches us um, reevaluating teaches us and just constantly thinking about the the topics helps us to be alert to new ideas and concepts. So I hope this kind of helped you guys out a little bit and um, yeah, try not to enjoy what people are putting out on social media and stuff for what it is. If somebody's training on there or teaching you or showing you a new concept, like, Consider it, but remember that it may be a concept that you're not going to use very frequently. Um, just because you learned it doesn't mean you have to use it, and um, or at least not in every situation. So sometimes it's just good to have that like knowledge toolbox there and have stuff stored in it. And when you need that tool, you bring it out. But when you don't need it, don't use it. I mean. Don't just because you bought a brand new shiny crowbar, don't like go and start tearing stuff up. You don't need to, or trying to use it as a hammer or whatever. When you've got a better tool, which is maybe a hammer sitting right there, it may not be as new and shiny, but you know what? It's the better tool for the job kind of thing. So thanks everybody for stopping by and checking out the podcast. Um, I'm probably, if I have time going to be doing a few more that are like, little bit more frequently in the next few weeks so um expect to to hear from me a little bit more and um yes i do have new ads on the podcast i'm sorry if you don't like them um it's just a way to keep paying for the podcast to be produced and help me to actually be able to do it more frequently because i'm either spending time doing podcasts or i'm spending time making money with the company And, um, I am trying to make it where I can do a little bit of both. So thank you all for being part of, um, the elevated office podcast listenership and, um, really appreciate you all. Once again, if you want, there is a donate button in the, um, podcast show notes. So if you want to buy me a coffee, that'd be awesome, but no pressure. You can just donate there. Um, of course, I'm looking at putting out merchandise if you're interested in more merch. I know some people bought my hats and shirts that I had out in the past, and I said I was going to get more, and I, I kind of got distracted. But if you're interested, send me an email or text or send me a um, private message on Facebook or Instagram, and I can get you hooked up with that stuff. So thanks, everybody, and we will talk to you in the next one. Take care. Bye.